Thank you for listening to this message from Resurrection Life Church in Granville, Michigan. I tell you what, I absolutely love coming here and being a part of Wednesday night service with you guys. I do, I love it. And this is my final week with you guys for this series that we are in right now. If you have not been with us over the last few weeks, we have been in a series called Samson and the Power Of. And it's called Samson and the Power Of because Samson was a very powerful man called to live a very powerful life. And what we've been doing through this series is looking at some of the aspects of Samson's life that made him so powerful. And if you weren't here in the first week, we looked at Samson and the power of potential. And we looked at the fact that Samson had so much potential in his life to fulfill the call that God had on his life. But even though he had potential, potential was never enough. Potential alone was never enough to get him to where he needed to be. In the the second week, we looked at Samson and the power of compromise. And we discovered that if we are gonna win in the big black and white areas of our lives, we need to first learn how to win in the small gray areas of our lives. And then last week, we looked at Samson and the power of relationships. And we discovered that the, the relationships that we have literally determine the life that we live. And we looked at the importance of surrounding ourselves with great people. But this week, this week as we're finishing, I'm I'm really excited about tonight because we're looking at one aspect of Samson's life which made the biggest difference of all. I mean, if Samson didn't have great people around him, if Samson wasn't moving as quick as he could towards the call that God had on his life, this is the one thing that made the biggest difference of all. This week, we're looking at Samson and the power of the Holy Spirit. And this is so cool because if we look at Samson, he had a huge call on his life. I mean, he had a very significant call on his life for Samson. Even before he was born, we read that an angel appeared to his mother and said that, hey, you're gonna have a son, call him Samson. He's gonna be a Nazarite, set apart from me his whole life. And he's gonna be the one who is gonna take the lead in saving Israel from the oppression of the Philistines. So this was such a big deal. And what we're gonna discover is that Samson, as big as this call was, was never gonna be able to see it come apart without the Holy Spirit. And it's really cool because if we look at Judges chapter 13, It says, the woman gave birth birth to a boy and named him Samson. He grew and the Lord blessed him and the Spirit of the Lord began to stir in him while he was in Mahana, Dan, between Zorah and Eshtaol. I feel like a scholar when I say these things. You know, I feel like I'm talking Hebrew or something right now. But it's so cool because we read here that at a young age, the Holy Spirit begins to stir within Samson. And we read from this moment on, whenever the Holy Spirit was with Samson, he did absolutely incredible things. I mean, in Judges chapter 14, we read of the Holy Spirit being with Samson and it says that he killed a lion with his bare hands. And it doesn't just say that he killed a lion, it says that he killed this lion and tore it apart like you would a young goat. Man, I don't know what it's like tearing a young goat apart. It's a pretty strange comparison if you ask me. But it makes it clear that Samson did something pretty amazing. And not long after this, we read that once again, the Holy Spirit is with Samson. And this time, we read that he kills 30 Philistines and stole their clothes. I don't know why the Bible puts in these like extra little bits. I don't know if at one point God was just kind of chuckling and seeing if we'd pick up on what was going on here. He stole their clothes. After that, we read that the Holy Spirit came upon him. The Holy Spirit was with him. 
and he breaks free of some ropes that people are tying him up with. He picks up a jawbone and literally goes out and kills a thousand men with it. It's so cool because we read that whenever the Holy Spirit was with Samson, he did these incredible, incredible things. But if you look in Judges chapter 16, we discover that without the Holy Spirit, this would have never been possible. You see, this is what it says. It says, after putting him to sleep on her lap, she called for someone to shave off the seven braids of his hair. So she began to subdue him and his strength left him. Then she called, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. He woke from his sleep and thought, I'll go out as before and I'll shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had left him. Then the Philistines seized him. They gouged out his eyes and took him down to Gaza. Binding him with bronze shackles, they set him to grinding grain in the prison. And there's a pretty huge shift that has just taken place here. You see, with the Holy Spirit, Samson could overcome anyone who came against him. With the Holy Spirit, he could break free from anything that people tried to tie him or chain him up with. But without the Holy Spirit, he was overcome by the enemy. Without the Holy Spirit, he was tied up and subdued, subdued with some regular rope. And there's a very clear distinction here between Samson with the Holy Spirit and Samson without the Holy Spirit. And this is really important because we look at Samson and we hear of these incredible things that he did. I mean, he's ripping apart lions and killing thousands of men with jawbones. At one point, if you know the story, it's the story. We read that he goes to the, the city of his enemy and he literally rips the city gates off its hinges and he walks up a mountain with them, just showing everyone how strong he is. And we think of Samson and we think that this guy must just be massive, like this guy must be working out, this guy must be supplementing, this guy must be doing everything because he's doing crazy stuff. It's okay. But what's interesting is if we actually look at the, the life of Samson and we look at well, what the story really says about him, Samson wasn't all that big. Samson wasn't an overly intimidating person. I mean, Samson really was just an ordinary guy. He was still probably a little bit bigger than I was, just a little. But Samson was a regular guy. And we know this because this is what happens. We read, we read that at one point, his wife, his sneaky wife, Delilah, okay, was trying to, trying to, trying to subdue him, trying to, trying to get rid of his strength. And this was because the enemy was trying to discover where it came from. This is what it says in Judges 16. It says, sometime later, he fell in love with a woman in the Valley of Sorek, whose name was Delilah. The rulers of the Philistines went to her and said, see if you can lure him into showing you the secret of his great strength and how we can overcome him. You see, it's interesting. The enemy, they really wanted to subdue him. They really wanted to take him over, but they couldn't figure out how he did this stuff. They could not figure out where his strength came from because they'd see him do these incredible things. They'd see him they'd kill animals and kill people and rip gates off cities. But they'd look at his body and he didn't look all that big. You see, it didn't make sense to him. That's why they called it the secret of his great strength. That's why they had to try to figure out what was going on because what he was doing didn't line up with what he looked like. But that's because the secret to Samson's strength wasn't found in his body. The secret to Samson's strength was found in the Holy Spirit. And what's so great is that whenever the Holy Spirit was with him, Samson went from being just a regular, ordinary guy to a man completely unstoppable for the call of God on his life. You know, a little while ago, I, I, I love motorbikes. 
And I love working on motorbikes. A little while ago, I was, I was working on one of them and part of it was, was fixing my tank. I had to, to repaint my tank. And, and I remember I got my tank off my bike and I got my sanding equipment. I got a wire brush. I got some paint stripper. And I sat down and I started trying to get the paint off my tank. And it took me literally hours and hours and hours. And I remember I got about halfway through this project and I was just thinking, man, this is taking me so long. I'm never gonna find time to finish it. So I grabbed my tank. And I went to one of my friend's house, this guy called Jeff. And I went around to Jeff's house and, and I said, Jeff, you've got all these cool tools. You, you know what's going on when it comes to, to building motorbikes. So I'm trying to fix my tank and I just can't get the paint off. And I showed him what I was working with. And Jeff, he didn't say a word. He literally just stood there and started laughing at me. He just started laughing at me and walked away. He grabbed my tank and walked off. And then he came back with a tool in his hand and he set it on a table and he started sanding my tank. And literally, what took me 15 minutes, literally what took me 15 minutes took Jeff 15 seconds. I mean, literally, I'd be there for 15 minutes and what I would accomplish in 15 minutes, he would accomplish in 15 seconds. And it was all because Jeff had the right tools. But let me tell you, we look at the life of Samson and we can see very clearly that when Samson went through life without the Holy Spirit, that was kind of like me sanding my tank with the tools that I had. But when Samson allowed the Holy Spirit to work and move in his life, all of a sudden he got that extra tool that he used and what he could accomplish in a small, in a, in a time span on his own, we read that the Holy Spirit did it so much quicker and so much more than he ever, ever could. You see, we find pretty quickly in Samson's life that he could accomplish so much more with the Holy Spirit. Well, that was sneaky, wasn't it? That's like a subtle hint, Tim, it's not working for you. Thank you, Scott. Alrighty, is this, is this better? No more popping. But we look at Samson and what Samson could accomplish on his own was nothing compared to what Samson could accomplish with the Holy Spirit. And it's so cool because if we look in the, in the Old Testament, we read a story, it's in the book of Zechariah. And Zechariah, he's talking about this guy called Zerubbabel. And he's telling this guy God's call from his life. And as, as Zerubbabel is finding out about the call that God has from his life, we can tell pretty quickly that he's kind of freaked out about it. He doesn't understand how it's gonna happen because God was gonna take this average ordinary guy from not a very good place in life and he was gonna move and falls into everything that God had called him to. And Zerubbabel just couldn't figure it out. He could not tell how this was gonna happen. But this is what it says in Zechariah 4, verse six. It says, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. Hey, let me tell you, if you wanna see the, holy, the, the call of God come, come alive in your life, just like Samson and just like Zerubbabel, the only way that can happen is by you allowing the Holy Spirit room to move in your life. And hey, we see all throughout the Bible that God has a very clear plan and purpose for your life. God has a call on every single one of our lives, but if we're ever gonna see it come about, we need to understand that we cannot do it without the help of the Holy Spirit. And this is really cool because Jesus spoke directly to this in the New Testament. We read that he had his disciples all around him one day and he started to talk to them about what was coming up in his own life. And he was telling them that he wasn't gonna be on this planet forever. In John 14, it says, well, that Jesus was talking to them at the end of all of this. He said, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth in the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. 
Jesus told his disciples that he would send them the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit would be both with them and would also be in them. He told them the Holy Spirit was gonna be an integral part of their lives. And if they were ever gonna see the call of God come upon, come about in their lives, they couldn't do it without Him. And so I wanna have a look today at the importance of having the Holy Spirit move in our lives. And before we do, I wanna have a quick look at just three Holy Spirit truths tonight. And we're gonna look at them really quick, but I wanna quickly touch on this because you might be here and maybe the Holy Spirit is new to you and maybe it sounds a little weird, it sounds a little strange. We're gonna find out that the Holy Spirit isn't weird. The Holy Spirit isn't strange. Strange people make the Holy Spirit strange, but the Holy Spirit is not strange. Or maybe you're here and maybe you think that the Holy Spirit is a little outdated. Maybe you think it was just for the day of Pentecost or maybe just the early church. Well, we're gonna find out that the Holy Spirit is for us today as well. And so we're gonna have a look at three Holy Spirit truths really quickly. And the the first Holy Spirit truth that I wanna look at is that the Holy Spirit is for us today. If you're taking notes, write down the Holy Spirit is for us today. This is what Jesus said in John 14, verse 16. He said, I'll ask the Father, and He will give you another helper to be with you forever. To be with you forever. This means that the Holy Spirit is for us today. You know, there are a lot of people who really do believe that the Holy Spirit was just for the day of Pentecost or was just for the early church. But Jesus never said that the Holy Spirit would be here for an era. He said the Holy Spirit would be here forever. Let me tell you, the Holy Spirit is for today and He is available for you in your life today as well. The second truth that I want to look at is that the Holy Spirit isn't an it. You see, when Jesus spoke about the Holy Spirit, He spoke about the Holy Spirit in personal terms. He said, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees Him nor knows Him. You know Him, for He dwells with you and will be in you. So Jesus refers to the Holy Spirit as Him. He says that you can know Him. You can have a relationship with Him. You can have a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit isn't an it. And the third truth I want to have a look at tonight is that the Holy Spirit has a purpose. The Holy Spirit has a purpose. Jesus said that the Holy Spirit would be with you, would, would be with us, but He would be with us with a purpose. And when Jesus talked about the Holy Spirit, He used a word, it was this word parakletos. And you don't need to worry about how to pronounce that. I don't even know if I pronounced it right. But Jesus used this word, there was something like parakletos and it literally meant comforter, counselor and advocate. So Jesus said that you are gonna have the Holy Spirit and He's gonna comfort you. He's gonna counsel you. He's gonna literally guide you through life. That's why Jesus said in John 16 verse seven, He said, nevertheless, I tell you, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. In this chapter, in this verse right here, Jesus told his disciples that the Holy Spirit inside of them was better than having Jesus beside them. He made it clear that having the Holy Spirit in them was better than having Jesus beside them with them. That's why he said, it is to your advantage that I go away. And he said that the Holy Spirit, 
He's going to comfort you. He's going to counsel you. He's going to be your advocate in life. And you know, that last aspect, we didn't have time tonight to look at all three of them, but I want to have a look at what Jesus meant when He said that the Holy Spirit will be our advocate. Because when Jesus said that the Holy Spirit would be our advocate, this word advocate in, in the original text, it literally means an aid who will come to our side. An aid who will come to our side. So when Jesus was saying this, Man, this was a huge, huge deal because for the disciples, man, for the last three years of their lives, they've been following Jesus around. And whenever they were with Jesus, absolutely incredible things happened. And whenever they were with Jesus, everything was okay. Everything was okay when they were with Jesus. We read in Matthew chapter eight that one day they were all on a boat and they were crossing over a lake and this huge storm came about. This storm was so big that they all thought the boat was gonna sink and they were all going to die. So they ran down and got Jesus who was asleep. They wake him up. Jesus calms the storm and everything's fine. In Mark chapter 11, they're walking from one town to another and there was a fig tree and it had no fruit and Jesus was hungry, a little bit cranky that day. And so he cursed the fig tree, told it to die and the tree did. Then we read in Mark chapter five that in just one chapter alone, we read that Jesus sets a demon possessed man free. He heals a sick woman and he raises a dead girl to life. All in one chapter. So for the disciples, we need to understand that whenever they were with Jesus, everything was okay. Whenever they were with Jesus, things were happening. Whenever Whenever they were with Jesus, everything went to plan. But then all of a sudden, Jesus turns up one day and says, hey guys, I'm about to be out of here and I won't be with you anymore. So these three guys who had sold out everything to be with Jesus, they'd left their friends and their families, their jobs and their careers. They'd given up everything to be with Jesus. All of a sudden, He is about to leave them. And you can imagine how the disciples would have been feeling at this moment. I mean, how do you go on without Jesus? What are you meant to do when Jesus Leaves. I mean, this is the Son of God. This is the one that's been prophesied about. This is the one who's making miracles happen everywhere they went. And all of a sudden, He's about to leave. How do you go on without Jesus? And then we read that when Jesus did die, we read that they went back to their life before Jesus. They went back to the jobs. They went back to the families. They didn't know how to go on without Him. And so instead of going on without Him, they went back to what they knew before. And then Jesus raises from the dead and then he leaves again. And if you read the story again, the disciples are just gazing off into the sky, looking intently, watching what's gonna gonna happen. Because what do you do without Jesus? I mean, you've been with the Son of God for the last three years and everything's fine when you're with him, but now he's gone. How do you move forwards without Jesus? I wonder if you've ever felt like that before. I wonder if you've ever asked that question. Where to now? What am I meant to do now? What's the point of going on in the situation that I'm in right now? Now, I remember when I was living in Australia, for a short period of my life, I got into this sport kickboxing. It was a whole bunch of fun and and we used to train and we used to fight each other. And my trainer was, was the world champion for his weight division. I remember one day I was, I was fighting my trainer, the world champion. And we were fighting and we were just doing our thing and, and everyone was kind of gathered around and everyone was watching. And then out of nowhere, my trainer kicked me as hard as he could in my stomach. And I just dropped to the ground. You know that feeling where you can like breathe out, but you can't breathe in? 
and you think you're going to die. You know, you know that feeling where you're kind of like, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? I'm laying on the ground and everyone's watching me and my trainer starts yelling at me. He says, Tim, get back on your feet. Get up and fight me. You can't just lay there. And everyone's looking at me. Oh, okay, I've got to get back up. And so I got back up. And I started fighting this guy again. And, and not even 10 seconds later, he does the exact same thing. He kicks me in the stomach again and, and I went down. And I remember thinking, man, this is it. I'm not gonna keep going. And he starts yelling at me even more. And everyone's watching, he's yelling at me. He's telling me, if ever I wanna be a great fighter, you can't be a great fighter laying on the floor. You gotta get back up, you gotta keep going. And so I got back up and this time, not even 10 seconds later, he does the exact same thing. I remember laying on the ground. Everyone was looking at me. My trainer was yelling at me, but it didn't matter how hard he yelled. It didn't matter how many inspirational quotes he threw out at me. That day, I literally crawled my way out of my gym and I laid on the pavement out the front for about 30 minutes in pain. But you know, for me that day, I remember being on the ground, looking up at my trainer, thinking, what's the point? What's the point in fighting a battle that you're only going to lose? What's the point in fighting when victory isn't even near in sight? What's the point going on when you're only going to lose? I mean, this is what the disciples were feeling like. What's the point going on without Jesus? What's the point going on without the one who made everything happen? What's the point? I wonder if you've ever felt like that in your life. What's the point? Man, I wonder if you feel like that today or you're in a situation, or you're in a season, and you're asking yourself the question, what's the point in even trying? Maybe you lost your job, and after application, after application, after application, no one's getting back to you, and you find yourself saying, man, what's the point? Maybe your marriage seems like it's falling apart, and no matter how hard you try and fix it, no matter how hard you try to do the right thing, it just seems to be getting worse and worse and worse. And you're asking yourself, what's the point? Maybe your business is going the wrong direction. And instead of making money, it's only taking money. And the bank account's starting to run a little bit dry and you're wondering, what's the point going on? This business isn't going anywhere. Maybe you health's deteriorating. Maybe you're losing your house and no matter what you do, your situation just doesn't seem to ever change. And you're asking yourself that question, what's the point? Hey, let me tell you, when Jesus looked at his disciples that day and told them that it is to their advantage that they go away, it was for these seasons in life that he sent the Holy Spirit. Because one thing we look at all throughout Samson's life And what we can find all throughout our lives is that the Holy Spirit is our advocate. The Holy Spirit is the aid that comes to our side. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit steps into our world and and covers that gap of where we don't have enough and He comes in with enough. You know what, in the New Testament, we read about We read about God talking about the Holy Spirit. Listen listen to this. Talking about Jesus right here in Romans chapter eight, it says, despite all these things, it says overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And it's so cool here because it doesn't say that a little victory or just, just across that line kind of victory is ours. This says that overwhelming victory is ours. Not, Not in our own strength, It says through Christ. You see, in Ephesians chapter three, 
It says, now to him who was able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine, according to his power, who is at work within us? Who is at work within us? Now, if you remember from John chapter 14, Jesus told us that it would be the Holy Spirit who would be within us. Jesus sent the Holy Spirit. Jesus sent us the advocate so we could live victorious lives. He sent us the Holy Spirit so we wouldn't have to fight alone. So we wouldn't have to go through life trying to do everything in our own strength, according to our own wisdom, in our own way. You see, we look at Samson, every time he tried to do something on his own, he got it wrong and messed it up. But whenever the Holy Spirit was with him, he did so much more than he ever, ever could have. And it's just the same for our lives today. Let me tell you, you don't have to go through life living a life that's unfulfilled and unsatisfied. Let me tell you, you don't have to keep trying in your own strength and trying in your own might, trying to see God's call come about in your life. You don't have to do it on your own. Jesus sent the Holy Spirit so that He could fight with you and fight for you in life. You see, God's call on your life is possible. The plans and the purpose that He has for us, it can come alive in your life. You just need to understand that if it's gonna come about, it has to be done with the help of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, it's gonna be better if I go away because I'm gonna send you the Holy Spirit. Hey church, you need to know, you need to know that the Holy Spirit, hey, the Holy Spirit is for us today. The Holy Spirit is personal. And the Holy Spirit empowers you to live out God's call on your life. You see in the book of Acts chapter one, it says, you receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. And this is so cool. I'm sure a lot of you know this word that, that, that Jesus uses here for the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit comes from the word dunamis. It's where we get our English word dynamite. He's talking about the explosive power of God. And it's so cool because he's talking to his disciples at this moment. And he says, the Holy Spirit's gonna come upon you. You're gonna have this power, this explosive, dynamic power. And you're gonna go and reach the world with it. And it's so cool because if you know anything about the disciples, they couldn't do it without the Holy Spirit. I mean, you read of Jesus talking to them throughout the Gospels and, and you try and find it. He never, he never talks about their greatness. He never talks about how incredible they were. When Jesus talks to his disciples, he's always ask, asking them questions like, what were you thinking? Where was your faith at? Why are you always doubting? Do you guys still not understand what I'm saying? Like this is what Jesus says over and over again to his disciples. They weren't exactly heroes of the faith. I mean, when Jesus went to the cross, only one of the disciples even showed up. You know, we read about Peter talking to Jesus, telling him that, that he'd be with him forever and he'd even die for him. And then he turns around and denies him three times. I mean, these guys, they didn't have it all together. But Jesus took these average, regular guys who kept messing up and who kept making mistakes and who kept making the wrong decisions. And he said, yeah, you know what, you guys, you're pretty messed up. Yeah, you get it wrong quite a lot. Yeah, you're definitely not perfect. But hey, the Holy Spirit is gonna be with you. And with the Holy Spirit, you're gonna go out and literally change the world. Hey, let me tell you, you may not have it all together here tonight. You may not be perfect. You may keep messing up. But when the Holy Spirit comes in your life, He will give you the power that you need 
to go out and reach your world for the cause of Christ, to see God's call come about in your life. He will give you everything that you need to live the victorious life that Jesus made possible for you. But hey, if we're gonna see it come about, we need to make sure that we have the Holy Spirit in our lives. And you know, we're running out of time, so we're gonna finish up. But let me tell you, if you're here tonight and you do not have God in your, in your life, you need to know, like I said here earlier, man, God's got a plan and a purpose for every single person in this room today. And every single one of us can see it come about. It doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what's been done to you. God's got a plan and a purpose for all of us. He wants to have a relationship with every single one of us. And He genuinely cares about you so much that He sent His only Son, Jesus Christ, to come into our world and live a perfect life and and to die on a cross and rise again. Also that we could have Him in our lives today. And let me tell you, if you were the only person in this world today, if you were the only person, He still would have done it. He didn't do it for a crowd of people. He didn't do it for a gathering of people. Christ went for the cross for you as an individual. And hey, if you're here today and you do not have a relationship with Him, man, I'd love to give you a chance to change that. I'd love to give you an opportunity to start that. And if I could get everyone just to close your eyes for a moment, if you could just bow your heads to give everyone in here some privacy, I wanna ask you where you're at with God today. Because maybe you are here and maybe you never even knew that God cared that much about you. Maybe you've heard about Jesus. Maybe you've heard about the cross and you always thought, yeah, yeah, Jesus died for those other people. Jesus died for the ones who, who have it together. Jesus has it. He died for the ones who go to church. No, Jesus died for all of us. Jesus died for you. And He did it also that He could be a part of your life today you're here and you don't have Jesus in your life. You know, you can change that by by inviting Him in, by starting a relationship with Him. In just a moment, I'm gonna give you a chance to do that. Or maybe you are here and at one point you did have a relationship with Jesus. Maybe He was the center of your life. But you know that right now, for whatever reason, and whatever reason it is, it doesn't matter. But you just know that right now, your relationship with Jesus isn't where it's meant to be. Hey, if that's you and you want to pick that relationship back up again, I want to pray for you as well. So what I'm going to do in just a moment, I'm going to count to three. And if that's you, you're here tonight and you say, yeah, I want to start a relationship with Jesus for the very first time. Or I want to pick that relationship back up again. Hey, if that's you, when I count to three, I want you to slip your hand up in the air, just high enough and long enough so that I can see it. I'll acknowledge you. Oh, man, you can put it straight back down. I just want to know who to include in the prayer in just a moment. So if that's you, tonight, you want to say, yeah, I want to start a relationship with Jesus or I want to pick that relationship back up again. When I count to three, just slip your hand up in the air. One, two, three. If that's you tonight, yeah, cool. I see that hand. Yeah, another hand over here. You can put them down if there's anyone else. If there's anyone else, you want to start a relationship with Jesus for the very first time or you want to pick that up again. Hey, just slip your hand up in the air. I'd love to include you in a prayer. If there's anyone else here tonight. See that hand. Cool. Hey, while everyone's got their eyes closed and their heads bowed. Like I said, I want to pray for you. And what I'm going to do, I'm going to, I'm going to say a prayer. It's a prayer inviting God into our lives. And if, as a whole church family, I would love it if we could pray this prayer together, but especially 
especially those of you who just raised your hands. So church, why don't you repeat this prayer after me? Dear God, I thank you that you love me so much that you would send your only son to die for me. I thank you that from this moment, I'm forgiven, I'm set free, I'm washed clean. And tonight, God, I invite you into my life and I thank you that from here on out, we're doing life together. Amen. For more information about Res Life, please visit our website at reslife.org. If you have questions about Res Life or would like directions to visit us, please feel free to call 616-534-4923.